Hey guys, I am so happy to be sitting down with you today to have a chat, a very casual chat because I have not outlined or planned this episode at all. If you've listened to my podcast or listened to any of my previous episodes, you'll know that I often ask you guys on Instagram, I go on my stories, we pick a topic together, we choose a symptom together, and then I ask you guys questions, or more like I ask you guys to send me questions. <laughs> um, and then I, that forms the foundation of the episode, and it really helps me to not ramble on and on as I tend to do. But I've just been feeling really inspired to sit down and just have this chat with you. I I wanted to just be casual. I wanted to feel like we're sitting down and you're talking to a friend, like we're friends. We just hear chatting as friends. I didn't want it to be I didn't want to feel um really confined as to what we talk about. I wanted to just let it flow and just <laughs> see what comes out. If you're new, if this is the very first time that you're hearing my voice or listening to my podcast, I just want to welcome you. I always say this on Instagram, I really wish that I could just hug all of you guys. I wish that we could just get together and who knows what could happen one day. But I, I really am sending you so much love and I hope that you feel safe here and you feel comforted and you find some relief because when you live with anxiety and the symptoms and everything that goes with that, you're just desperate sometimes for some relief. Sometimes we don't need we don't need advice all the time or answers or solutions. Sometimes we just want to know that we're not alone. So today I wanted to have a chat with you about health anxiety. I do have a previous episode where I talk more about it and my experiences and that episode is really centered around giving you solutions, like things that have helped me that I shared with you to hopefully help you as well on your own journey. And I have a blog post on that as well. So this episode is not going to be about giving you solutions or steps on what to do to manage health anxiety. If that's what you're looking for, I will link, I can't remember exactly what episode number it is now, but I will link that in the caption of this so that you can go and have a listen to that. If you just scroll through the episodes, you'll see, it will say, I think a chat about health anxiety, and that's where I do share more information if you're looking for help of how, on like how to move forward. I can't really tell you the points of this episode other than just really hopefully providing some validation and just some comfort for you if you are struggling with health anxiety right now. Maybe it's a new thing in your life. Maybe you've been struggling for a little while. Maybe you've been dealing with it for years and you're just fed up and you you're just here's the thing you know when when you have health anxiety like it's one thing to say it's so hard dealing with health anxiety it's so difficult um but i and then it's another thing to actually deal with it and if you are listening to this and you deal with health anxiety then you'll know that no words can really sum up how it feels to live with it we can say it's difficult and it's hard i prefer for, i prefer um, words like torturous because it genuinely feels like you're living in hell when you deal with it every single day but I don't think any words can truly sum up just how awful it feels and I know I know that if you go through it then you understand what I'm saying and I think that's the issue when we're trying to explain it to people in our lives who don't suffer um, you know, people who genuinely love us and care about us and want to be there for us, but haven't experienced it, it's really difficult to try to explain to them how it feels. It's almost like they need to be in our bodies for a day, even though we wouldn't wish this on anybody. But it's almost like they would need to become us for a little while to genuinely know what it feels like and to really fully be able to empathize because you, you honestly can't, like... You can try to, like, they can try to be there for us, but if you haven't, if you don't live with it, you just don't know how it feels. And, you know, when I started suffering, I couldn't believe that other people had normal lives, you know? <laughs> I mean, I would talk to my friends and things, and I couldn't believe, like, I would wonder what it's like to just wake up in the morning and get ready for my day and go through my day and not be obsessing about something 
not be thinking about a symptom, not feel the need to Google something every, like, honestly, it's an obsession. It's, I would Google constantly. And I mean, you know how it is. It's you Google, you maybe you get lucky and find some relief, but then you have to do it all over again. It's just that compulsive urge to just keep on looking for things to bring you that relief, which is very short-lived. I read through your comments all the time on Instagram and TikTok because you've been growing on there as well. And I read your messages and I can't get back to everybody. And I really do try to reply to as many of you guys as I can. Um, but you know, when I'm reading certain messages and I'm reading through your comments and I'm reading stories of how you guys, how some of you guys are exactly where I used to be I always say that you are like you I was you so if you're if you're going through health anxiety right now and you just feel like you're losing your mind going insane not able to live your life because all you doing all you're doing is thinking about your symptoms and I was you and when I read your messages and I hear your stories it it hurts my heart because I know what it feels like. I know what it feels like. And I think in this episode, I just, I was feeling really inspired to do this. Um, maybe a few days ago, I just thought to myself, I need to sit down and just talk to you guys about health anxiety with no advice or solutions, but just talk to you. Just let you hear my voice. Let you just hear so hear someone talking about it who has been through it. Because sometimes that is honestly all we need. Sometimes just hearing about someone else's story would bring me comfort and that was all that I needed. So that I think that's just what I wanted to do today. I don't remember exactly I don't remember exactly when my health anxiety started. Um, I know that I was a teenager. Like I can't tell you it was on this date, on this day and this year. But um it was probably around, I remember starting to be kind of freaked out about things, maybe from when I was like 15, 16. And then the thing that set it all off for me was muscle twitching. That that was probably one of, that's the one symptom that I remember as being the main, very first one that kind of just set my health anxiety into motion. So I do remember quite clear clearly um, the day that I really started to worry about it. I was having lunch with my mom. This is when I still lived in Cape Town. Um, if you're new here, I'm in Canada now. My accent is all over the place. People are always confused. They ask me, where are you from? <laughs> um, because if you hear South Africans, the accent is different. I've definitely picked up some Canadian along the way. So... Some words I say very South African and others are more Canadian, so it can be really confusing. But I am from South Africa. I was born and raised there. I was born in, just if just in case you know anything about South Africa, or maybe you're South African listening to this, I was born in um, Johannesburg. And then when I was still very young, we moved to Durban. And then when I was nine, we moved to Cape Town. And then when I was 19, we moved to Canada. I'm in Ontario. Um... Anyway, I totally went off track there. I was sitting having lunch with my mom one day and my I started to get this twitch in my wrist and then it kind of linked up with one of my fingers and I, it was it was like a joint thing. Um, my I had a twitch in my wrist and then my finger and I just remember feeling I, I just felt fear. I just felt really scared because I didn't understand what was happening. Um, and I couldn't stop it. I remember like kind of like massaging my wrist and I even was pressing down on the twitch to try to stop it and it wouldn't stop. And I didn't like that feeling of just not being able to control my body. And my mom had this, um, she had this big medical book with all of these. It's, it's a health anxiety suffers nightmare, this book, <laughs> but as you know, like when you when you worrying about something, it's 
it, it doesn't matter. It's that urge to look it up just overrides everything. So this book was a freaking nightmare. The things in there were just awful. And it was a massive book. There were like a million different conditions and horrible, horrible things in there. But when I was having this switch, I thought to myself, oh, that medical book, I'm sure it would talk about this. <laughs> um, so I did what I tell you guys not to do. And I went and looked up, I found twitching like as a symptom and I looked it up and it was listed alongside this degenerative muscle disease. And I just remember feeling my, my stomach like just dropped and I just, I, you know, when, when you are in that state of fear, you're not thinking logically. So it's not like I was reading this and then thinking, okay, well, let me think about this um how am i sure that i have this i just read that and immediately went into panic mode and my brain was like that's what you have you're dying everything just completely spiraled from there i was too scared to go to the doctor because i thought you know once i go to the doctor it's going to be confirmed um I knew someone at the time that had been dealing with twitching and had gone to the doctor and it was just it was just nothing, it was normal. But that didn't help me. I was still freaked out. Um I the muscle twitching, it did not just stay in my wrist and finger though. It started to I started to experience it in other parts of my body. And this happened right after I started to focus on it so much. I, I became fixated on that one twitch and then suddenly I started experiencing twitching everywhere, and I mean everywhere. Um, I had this one in my leg that would be so intense, and the thing that I hated so much about the symptom was you can't ignore it. Like if your muscles start twitching like really intensely, you can't ignore it. It's it's not something you can just kind of hide away. For example, worrying about my moles and things. Um, that was another big health anxiety fear of mine as the years went on. But sometimes when it would be really intense, I would honestly just put a big sweater on. And sometimes I would just go out somewhere so that I was forced to not be lifting up my shirt and checking whatever I'm worried about because I'm not going to be doing that in public. Um, I was still obviously worrying about it. My brain was would be fixated on whatever mole or whatever I was worrying about. But I could kind of just hide it away literally and just go out and ignore it for a bit as much as possible but with certain other symptoms like twitching that's just one of them i mean nausea and all of those you can't just throw a sweater on and go out and have it be hidden for a little bit you know when the muscle twitching happens i just i could not ignore it and i would i would always be trying to massage the area sometimes i would be in such a panic that i would literally push down on the twitch i would <laughs> it's i'm laughing but i was so terrified at the time that i would hold i would push down on it i would still kind of feel it but by pushing down it was like i was almost stopping it a little bit and then of course it wasn't just muscle twitching i would have new symptoms start to come up that didn't make any sense to me and i didn't know anything about anxiety at the time I, I just really didn't. I knew that I was a nervous, shy kind of person. I had always just been the shy girl or the one who gets, who's more nervous, like nervy, you know, I'm like a nervous person. <laughs> so I just kind of thought, well, that's who I am. You know, some people are confident, some people are really nervous and stuff. I'm the nervous one. I didn't think that, oh, I have an anxiety disorder. Like, not at all. I didn't even think about that. It didn't even cross my mind. Um, so I was having all these physical symptoms that just, my mind wasn't going to, oh, it's anxiety. Or like, you know, I was just thinking, what is happening? So some other big ones I dealt with in my teens was shortness of breath. But that was one that I dealt with since I was really young. Um, since I was honestly a very young girl, like, a little girl I was dealing with shortness of breath and I remember I would go to my parents and say I can't breathe and I went to the doctor and I had tests done because um, my parents thought that I had asthma but the doctor just said that it's from my nerves so I was just thinking okay well 
<laughs> I'm nervous, so I'm gonna struggle to breathe. I don't know. And because I had it from such a young girl, it just became something that I was used to. Um, but it was also something that I was embarrassed about because I didn't see anyone else dealing with it. Because sometimes my shortness of breath would be so bad that I would have to kind of, I would have to lean over and kind of gasp for air, like kind of lean over to take a deep breath, to catch a full breath because it would feel like I was never getting even one full deep breath. Um, and this is what I always say to people who, who ask me about this symptom. You, your body is breathing for you. But because we're so anxious and we're breathing um, from our chest and not our stomach, it's very shallow breathing. It causes that feeling like we're just not getting enough air. I used to yawn all the time to try and breathe. <laughs> um, and let me just tell you, I, I'm laughing, but it was horrifying. And I, I'm not trying to make light of it. I just... I'm thinking back to how it must have looked like because sometimes I'd be out somewhere and be in such a panic because I couldn't breathe or in such a panic because my heart was racing. I remember one time I stopped in the grocery store just randomly in the middle of an aisle and I just was standing there feeling my pulse and I didn't, I wasn't thinking like I just forgot where I was and that there's people around and I remember looking up and making eye contact with this lady <laughs> and I mean, looking at it from another person's perspective, I must have looked crazy just kind of standing there like a psycho. But as you know, when we're really worried about something, we the fear just takes over and we don't think logically. So if you find yourself yawning a lot, that's actually another anxiety symptom. It's our body trying to get a full deep breath, um, which is really interesting. I, I remember my shortness of breath used to be so severe that I couldn't even go to sleep because I, I felt like I couldn't breathe. And I remember I would sit up in bed to try and get a full breath. And then that feeling of relief when you, when you actually get a full breath. And then I remember I would try to quickly fall asleep in that time between having the full breath and knowing that I'm going to have to try and get another full breath. And if anyone's listening to this who hasn't dealt with shortness of breath, you may be like, what on earth are you saying, Tamron? But if you do deal with this one, I feel like that may make sense for you. Um... It was just always trying to get a full breath and then when when you get it it's that feeling of relief but then you need you just have to do it over and over and over again so i would yawn all the time i would lean over to try and gasp for air i remember being in class and this was one of my worst symptoms when i was in class because i didn't want to look like i'm trying to breathe when i was very very self-conscious of, of people watching me I was a very shy, more, I've, I'm, I've always been a more introverted kind of person and I would sit there and because I wasn't doing my usual like leaning over and gasping and whatever, I would start to get really dizzy and genuinely feel like I was going to pass out. So I, all that I can tell you here is that your body is breathing and if you feel like you, you can't get air, sometimes it helps to breathe in and out through your nose. Which was always a problem for me anyway because I always dealt with a lot of mucus and congestion and I'll talk about that in a second but I mean when your nose is blocked it's hard to breathe through your nose and then when you have shallow breathing on top of that it makes everything a lot worse. So if you are able to breathe through your nose that does help. Um, alternate nostril breathing is another really good technique but just really whenever you're feeling shortness of breath or any other symptom we we one thing that we immediately forget is our breathing like we're not focused on our breathing at all and sometimes just putting that focus there can really help i'm not going to go super into that i told you guys i'm not going to make this a whole solution and advice kind of um episode i do have a, a separate episode where i do share everything that helped me i guess this is just turning into me kind of talking about my own experiences and talking about some of the top symptoms that made me really worry and that I know make a lot of you guys worry too. So I guess we'll just keep going with that. Um, yeah, as I mentioned now earlier, well, a few seconds ago, the mucus and congestion are actually very common anxiety symptoms as well. Uh, when you're dealing with a lot of stress and you have and your stress hormones rise, it creates inflammation in your body. And when you have inflammation, that's when your body starts to produce excess mucus. And when you have excess mucus, that feels like those allergy symptoms that we just can't 
wrap our heads around that has th that it could be linked to anxiety but it absolutely can i had excess mucus all the time i was congested all the time even now when i'm stressed that those are top symptoms for me that happen and of course when you deal with health anxiety when you suffer with health anxiety our biggest fear is getting sick so when you start to experience symptoms that feel like they could be some kind of a flu or virus we go into panic mode so when you're dealing with the excess mucus and the congestion and all the other symptoms that go with that that make you think that you're getting sick you do start to panic so it, this is why it's so important to understand anxiety and and what happens in your body when you're dealing with anxiety on a daily basis and all the symptoms that it can create so when it comes to the excess mucus and the congestion and um, all of that other ways that that can affect you is with your throat and i know that these are some top symptoms in our community i know that a lot of you guys struggle with this it's you, you have excess mucus it's sitting in your throat so it causes that feeling of like i have a little bit right now actually um my my stress and anxiety has been whoop up and down up and down i go through a good period i go through a down period um I know what's causing it though. I've been dealing with a lot of stress in my life over the past year and a half. So I, so I know what it is. Um, and that's why I feel like I'm able to get myself back into kind of like, I'm able to balance myself out a lot quicker now. But just because I have the up and down, when I'm going through a stressful period or something sets me off or triggers me, the mucus and like those allergy type symptoms are the top ones that come up just as I'm dealing with right now actually. So when you have a lot of excess mucus in your throat, it can cause you to feel like you have something stuck in your throat, which naturally can cause a lot of panic because the minute it feels like anything is constricting us and we can't breathe, I mean, I feel like a, a normal, I want to say no, a normal person would panic. I mean, we're normal, but you know what I mean? Someone who doesn't suffer would panic at that, surely. So when you have health anxiety, everything is just intensified, but the mucus can cause that feeling like there's something stuck in your throat. Um, if you have a lot of allergy fears, then it's, you see everything is connected and everything ties in. So if you have a lot of allergy fears, then you experience that feeling of something stuck in your throat. Your brain then starts to think, maybe this is an allergy, maybe you're allergic to something. And then your brain starts to, because this is what our brain does. Our brain starts to look information, look, look information. Our brain starts to look for information based on whatever we are focused on. So if we're thinking maybe this is an allergy our brain is going to quickly try to grab as many bits of information to um, confirm that to us so immediately we'll start to think what did i eat today and if by chance you ate seafood or peanut butter or any of those foods that could cause an allergic reaction that some people are allergic to or perhaps you ate something new that day immediately your brain is going to fixate on that and you're going to start to think well i have this feeling in my throat I'm really scared of an allergic reaction. I had that food today. And then that's when things start to spiral from there. Because like I told you, fear is not logical. I mean, excess mucus in your throat can even cause your throat to be itchy. It can even cause you to have a sore throat when you constantly have mucus at the back of your throat. And it can be really hard to, to think to ourselves, well, I actually have a sore throat and an itch in my throat. How can this be anxiety? I don't understand. And of course, I have to be very careful always because I'm not a doctor. Um, you know, sometimes people will comment on my posts that are, are new to our community and they'll say, not everything is anxiety, you know, um, you really should have this checked out by a doctor, like, you don't know for sure, like, and it, I understand, then that's why I always have to say, you know, I'm not a doctor, I'm, I can't diagnose you, and it is really important if there's anything that you're worried about to go to your doctor, but everything that I talk to you guys about, everything that I post, all the videos that I make, the podcast episode, everything, everything is related to anxiety. I'm not talking about any other conditions. I'm only talking about anxiety. Starting to learn about anxiety really did help me because certain symptoms started to make more sense then. Symptoms that before made absolutely no sense. The minute I started to understand what stress hormones do in the body, how they increase inflammation and contribute to symptoms, things started to make sense to me. Um, and, you know, often people want me to talk about each individual symptom, and I really try to do that. But overall, stress will contribute to these symptoms overall. And what you do to manage one symptom will often help another symptom. Once you reduce inflammation in your body, it's going to help everything. Because often people will say, what do I do for this specific symptom? 
And of course, I can give you tips in the moment to try to manage that. But overall, like what you do to reduce inflammation in your body and to start to manage stress in your life, it's going to help everything. Another big symptom in our community, and in, in fact, probably the worst one, like the top one here, and I'll give you a second to take a guess, because I, I, you know what I'm going to say. I bet you know what I'm going to say. So three, two, one, and that is, say it with me, dizziness. Um, dizziness is a horrible, horrible, horrible symptom. I cannot say it enough. It is a really unsettling and frustrating feeling when it feels like you you can't even walk straight or it feels like you i mean it's different the feeling is different for everybody but i would always just describe it as like i just feel permanently off balance sometimes when i was having a good day <laughs> i would still feel that that feeling it would just not be as intense but i would still always feel i never felt like my body was upright i always felt like i was kind of tipping over so i actually woke up on saturday and I woke up, I had my warm water with my lemon as I do every morning, my little morning ritual and I read my book in bed and I had some hot cocoa and I did all those things and I never eat breakfast right away, I usually have my lemon and I'll meditate and I'll often like put my makeup on and have a shower and I do all of that stuff first. Um, I've never been one to be able to eat early in the mornings Fortunately, I don't deal with, um, like I don't feel sick every morning anymore. I used to, especially when I was at school, I would wake up and feel sick every single day. And you know when you wake up and you're getting ready for school or work, you don't have the luxury of having a few hours or even an hour ahead of you to just wait before you have to have breakfast. You usually wake up and you're rushing to get ready and you're kind of eating breakfast right away. And... I would wake up feeling sick every single day and I would try my best to force some food down because this is the thing like if I didn't eat I knew I was going to feel worse and I am not good when I don't eat if I skip a meal I will feel like I'm going to pass out and my anxiety is horrible so I knew that if I didn't eat I'm going to feel bad but I would feel really sick and feel like I'm going to throw up if I did eat so it was a nightmare and I know that a lot of you are dealing with that now so Fortunately, I don't deal with that anymore. I don't wake up feeling sick, but I I can't eat as I wake up in the morning. I, I need some time. Like I often wait at least two hours, sometimes three hours. I kind of fast a little bit in the morning before I eat. This does not work for everyone. Um, some people need to eat sooner. Some people need to eat within 30 to 60 minutes of waking up. But everybody is different. I really struggle when people are like, this is what when you should be eating. This is exactly what you should be doing. We are all different and what works for you may not work for me and vice versa. So on Saturday I woke up and I did my usual little routine and I was feeling okay. And then maybe two hours after waking up I started to get extremely dizzy. I had just done a meditation and I remember I was sitting on the floor on my little cute meditation pillow that I have. Um, and I had just finished my meditation and I was just kind of looking, I was doing something on my phone. And as I, like, looked up, like, put my, I put my phone down, looked up, and I was going to stand up and go have breakfast and, and whatever, I felt super dizzy. Um, it was it was horrible. And I, I did have a little panic, like, in, I did panic a little bit in that moment because I was just so dizzy, and I, I thought that I was going to pass out. So the first thing that I thought was, maybe it's because I haven't eaten yet, um, I don't usually get that dizzy unless I wait a really long time, but that was the thing that I thought, maybe maybe I just need to eat something. So I wasn't even really that hungry yet, but I went and I made myself some oatmeal. I have oatmeal every day, I'm really boring. Um, and while I was waiting for it, I was standing there, well, sitting there, having a banana because I thought maybe that'll balance out my blood sugar and help me right now because I, I really felt horrible. Um, it felt like it helped a little bit, not really, so I thought, okay, let me eat my oatmeal and see if this makes a difference. So I had breakfast, but the whole time I was eating it, I was so dizzy. And it just reminded me of all those times I used to be so dizzy, and I was just, like I tell you guys, I was, you know, sitting with it. I kept trying to reassure myself that I'm okay, and I was really trying to focus on my breathing. And I had my breakfast, but I still felt horrible. And... I was trying to walk, but like 
it was a, it was really bad i haven't had a dizzy episode like that for a while actually and then i remembered because i wasn't thinking in the moment i was just so panicked that i was dizzy but i took a moment and thought okay what let me think about this what could be contributing um has something super stressful happened in the last 24 hours and no it hadn't so then i remembered um the day before i had had cheese <laughs> and i am lactose intolerant i really i'm not going to tell you that i never eat cheese because that would be a blatant lie but i try my best to stay away from it because it just does not agree with me but usually if i do have cheese it will my tummy won't feel good and it like it will affect me in other ways um usually i'll get very congested and um, I'll get very sleepy if I because often I'll have cheese and then it's like a treat and then I will be detoxing it out for a few days after that and then often the detox symptoms are the excess mucus and the fatigue and my tummy won't feel great and another horrible horrible side effect of cheese for me and dairy and which is why I really hardly eat it is it makes me break out I get horrible hormonal acne so I thought to myself I had cheese yesterday I started to pay attention to how the rest of my body felt and I was super congested. Um, I had a lot of like kind of like um, congestion in my face and around my eyes and I had a little bit of pain and like facial pain in that and when you're very congested it can cause you to feel very dizzy and off balance and then it started to make sense for me and I was like okay this this makes more sense. And I just kept reassuring myself. I just kept saying, you had cheese. You know you can't eat it. You're going to be detoxing it out. The dizziness is not serious. It's just from what you ate. You just have to detox it out now. You have to <laughs> live with the consequences. But you're not in danger. Like I kept telling myself that over and over because you know yourself if you deal with dizziness, how horrifying it feels. And this didn't make my dizziness magically disappear, but it did, it did bring a level of relief. And... So what I did was I actually like got back into bed for a little bit and I put a show on Netflix and I was trying to just distract my mind. I made myself some tea. I really, if you have a lot of congestion going on, I really recommend drinking a lot of herbal teas. Herbal teas in general just are really, really good um, for reducing inflammation in your body, for thinning out mucus, for staying hydrated, which is really important. Whether you have anxiety or not, you have to drink your water. But having herbal teas throughout the day counts towards your water intake water intake for the day i get so excited i talk so fast and then i start to st stumble over my words so i made myself some spearmint tea spearmint or peppermint is really good if you have a lot of congestion and then i'll add you can add like a little dash of some honey in there just some raw honey um a squeeze of some lemon or lime or i'll what i like to add is i like to add some apple cider vinegar which yes i know that it smells gross and honestly i can put that in warm water and i can drink it now i'm so used to it but if you really really struggle with it add a little bit of honey and add a squeeze of lemon it kind of masks the taste of it but it, it's really helpful when you have a lot of congestion it's good for reducing inflammation and boosting your immune system it has a whole heap of benefits that is something that i would i would allow you to google so if you want to google about the benefits of apple cider vinegar then go ahead so I was dizzy the whole of Saturday, um, but when I started to understand where it was coming from, it actually started to become less intense, and then I, was ki I kind of just accepted it, which is amazing, because when I used to deal with dizziness, I did not accept it at all, and when we panic about something, and as I've told you guys, when we put our focus there, it only intensifies it, because that's all we're focused on. It's like... If you're sitting right now and you start to think about a specific section of your body or someone tells you that they're itchy or something, you, you start to feel that too. Or like, for example, if I'm sitting here now and I start to put all of the attention on my left foot and I'm just focusing on my left foot, you can start to feel sensations there. Or whatever body part you're thinking of, you can start to feel sensation in that area because that is how powerful our minds are. So if there's a specific symptom that you're dealing with 
and you're focusing on it like for example you have a muscle twitch happening in your arm and you you, you just that's where your brain is going all day long you're it's going to intensify a friend of mine i actually remember she told me this a few years ago um she used to get a lot of twitching like eye twitching and that oh my god eye twitching facial twitching i remember i had such an intense eye twitch and i was in a panic i don't even know what i thought it was but i just thought something i thought it was something really serious and that something terrible was going to happen and i would look in the i would stand in front of the mirror and look at myself in the mirror and i would just like stand there and watch and wait for it to come and when it would twitch i'd i'd like go into meltdown mode and go oh my god oh my god and like hold my eye because this is what i always did with twitches i would hold the area and, and pray and then i would like cautiously pull my finger away and look in the mirror and it would have stopped and i'd be like oh my god thank god and then it would go crazy again and i would be like oh my god oh my god and like freak out and i'm laughing but i was not laughing at the time i was freaking out um, I don't know what I, I don't even know what I thought. I thought it was something really serious. Um, but any kind of facial twitching. So my friend, she told me that she used to get a lot of twitching in her eye and she really hated it when she was talking to somebody and she had the eye twitch because she could, it felt like the person could really notice it. And this is the thing. We think people can notice things, but most of the time they absolutely cannot. It's just it's just us thinking that they can you know we we it's that what do they call that they call that the spotlight what do they call that the spotlight something where we think everyone is is looking at us and paying attention to us when everyone is actually worrying worrying about themselves so she told me that she used to put all of her attention on like her knee for example um and just like try to pretend like she was moving the twitch to a different area so that she could have the conversation and the twitch could die down um of course this won't work for everybody but i mean you could you could give it a try it's just really interesting to me how when we put the focus on something specific in our body it's it we will feel something there because that we have to give our our brains credit like our our minds are incredibly powerful so I said I'm not going to give any advice in this, but one thing that I will say, um, and, and I am absolutely not amazing at this. I On my good days, I am good at it. And then on my bad days, I find myself really struggling with it. But I, I have that awareness. So I really try to come back to it. And so, you know, we hear about people talking about, you know, positive self-talk and all of that. And, and listen, like, it's great, but I know it's difficult. It's really difficult. Trying to think positively alone is not going to help you manage your anxiety. Maybe, I can't say it can't, like maybe it would. Maybe for one person that absolutely would be the thing. But just trying, like when people say, you know, think positive thoughts and you'll be fine. That, it's, that by itself is probably not going to help because I tried it for many years and it did not, it did not help me. Um, when we are in that spiral of fear, our brain it feels like our brain is against us and it's really hard to get into a positive mindset but being just having just trying to be aware and trying to they call it delusional self-talk um where you say things that maybe don't feel true but you say them to yourself anyway so when i was in the mid like say for example you're in the midst of panic and you feel like you're absolutely you're going to die, that's how you feel, your brain is like, you're dying, you're dying, you're, you're in deep shit, you're in trouble, um, the delusional self-talk would be telling yourself, I'm safe, I'm safe, which you are, but I guess it's delusional in the sense that you, you don't feel like you are, like, it feels like it's absolutely not true, I feel like I'm going off on a complete ramble here, I hope you're still with me, <laughs> the point is, the point that I'm trying to get to is just because you don't feel a certain way or just because you don't see something specific in your life doesn't mean that you shouldn't pretend that it's already there. So, and this is this is getting kind of more into manifestation and I, I don't want to get too deep into that here. I know not everyone is into that and I and this that's not what this episode is about. But I do just want to touch on it. We have to pretend something has happened before it's even happened 
So you have to just try to talk kindly to yourself. Just just try. Like just just if you have that awareness that you're talking negative negatively to yourself, it's easier to come back to um trying to change that into a more positive way of of um of talking. So so saying things like I am healing, I am safe, I am so healthy. I'm feeling so much better. I can't believe how much better I'm feeling and I'm so grateful. Even even if you're feeling absolutely terrible, um, just remember your brain picks up on what you're telling it. So whatever you tell your brain, your brain starts, just like I said earlier, your brain starts to look for pieces of information to kind of validate that. So the more you're telling yourself, I am healing, your brain is going to look for things to kind of confirm that and you're going to start to notice more positive things coming into your life and like i said i'm not perfect at this it's 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 an effort i have my good days like today feels like a better day for me so it's a lot easier for me to do that versus a day that i'm really struggling with depression or really in a spiral of health anxiety and it's a lot harder to do that just try your best just try your best the first step as i always say is awareness so when we're in that spiral we often don't even realize how we're talking to ourselves until we watch a video where someone is like have you paid attention to how you're talking to yourself lately? Start paying attention to how you talk to yourself throughout your day. And then you are like, oh my God, wow, I'm actually really horrible to myself. So the very first step is having that awareness and, and actually realizing how you're talking to yourself. Um, with health anxiety, you know, we say things like I'm dying and I give up and I don't want to live like this anymore. And we say all these, all these things to ourselves. They run on a loop through our minds all day long. So having that awareness means just knowing that you're actually doing it and then trying to change it. And I've had days where I am just like really, because I suffer with depression and I have some really seriously low days where I'm just in a terrible mood too. Like I'm just in a bad mood. But because I have that awareness now, it's almost frustrating at times. I'm like, oh, I have that awareness I have to try to ch- turn it around. So even when I'm depressed, I'll find myself saying, "I'm I'm feeling better. I'm I'm feeling happier. I'm f- I'm feeling calmer. I'm grateful." And like I I find myself doing that now just because I have that awareness. But don't put the pressure on yourself. Just do the very best that you can. But just having that awareness, like just paying attention to how you're talking to yourself with your health anxiety throughout the day, can 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 really be. It can really help you in your journey forward. So I actually just went and grabbed my phone, um, and I see we have, we actually have a heat warning. I get weather notifications on my phone because <laughs> I'm such a geek. I, I'm just, I've, I've always had this obsession with needing to know when it's going to storm and like be extra hot so I'm prepared when I go out because the heat makes me very anxious and trust me when I tell you it is a hot one today. It is really hot i actually need to go out to get a few things and i'm just like (laughs) but um my tip for that is to put frozen water bottle to put water bottles in the freezers to freeze some water and then carry the frozen water bottles with you i will i will literally put them on my neck and on my pulse points and i do not care who's even looking at me because i do not do well with the heat so there's a tip for you so i actually grabbed my phone because I wanted to talk a little bit more about symptoms. I hope that you guys like these long episodes, by the way. We're already 40-something minutes in here. Um, I actually would really love to hear from you and and have you guys let me know if you like these long episodes. Um, Because usually I would end it off about now. But I feel like I want to talk a little bit more about symptoms. Um, In particular, health anxiety symptoms or, or symptoms that trigger our health anxiety. So... Blood pressure fears are a big one. I just want to kind of, you know, bring some comfort over these symptoms for you guys. Um, It's very normal to worry about your blood pressure when you have anxiety. Your blood pressure can spike when you're anxious, but it's just a temporary spike. When you go to the doctor, it's very important to tell them that you have anxiety before having your blood pressure taken. Trust me. I've seen a reading on mine before that was insane, and the doctor's reaction only made me panic more. And then when I explained I have like, I suffer with anxiety, then they were like, oh, okay, yes, it really can spike your blood pressure. 
the trouble is that not all doctors um, fully understand anxiety or not all doctors are, are extremely helpful when it comes to us trying to explain that we have anxiety and all these symptoms, you know. Um, and if a doctor says to you, oh, that doesn't sound normal or they're looking at something weird, that's when you start to panic. So this is this is why I, I share, try to share so much with you guys. But I'm telling you that blood pressure fears are very common with anxiety. I've had, I had such an intense reading once. I don't remember the exact reading because um, I know some of you guys are going to ask me that. I don't remember, but I'm telling you it was insane. And they were worried about it, which made me worried. And then they took, they were like, okay, we're going to let you calm down for five minutes and take it again. And in those five minutes, I was panicking so badly. I could not calm down. I was like, oh, trying to breathe. It was not working. When they took the reading again, it was worse. And yeah, it was just not a good time. So it is important. Sometimes when the doctor wants to take your blood pressure, they'll you know, want you to do it at home or something when you're a lot calmer, but I mean, even then it can be a problem, but if you go to the doctor for anything or, or have to have just like a regular checkup or whatever, just let them know that you have anxiety. Um, it's called white coat syndrome, by the way. It's when some people like, it's just at the doctor when their blood pressure spikes, but anxiety can cause your blood pressure to spike temporarily. Head pressure, head pains, daily headaches, because then we start to worry about things like brain tumors and all of that. Um, I've had some, I've had like, what have I not, what have I not experienced here? <laughs> oh my gosh, what have I not experienced here? I don't know. Um, I've gone into panic many a times from like random shooting pain in my head. And that's the worst, that's the worst part about shooting pains, whether it's in your head or in your chest or anywhere in your body it, it's so scary when it happens and we go into such a massive panic and then it goes away or it you know goes down in intensity but because it caused such major panic in us we're now just on edge and we're just we, we, we this time we want to be ready you know we don't want to have it catch us unawares again so we we be, we just are on edge when I, I remember one day I had like this random shooting pain in my head and it lasted for a few seconds and it was so horrifying. I was having a good day. I was happy. I was doing my thing. It it caused me to panic so badly that I just, it, it went away. But now my day was no longer good because the rest of the day I was just on edge and I was just waiting for it. I was just waiting. So trust me, you're not alone if you do that. My... I don't know if it's my latest one. I think it's episode 14 on here is where I talk all about scary head sensations and, and symptoms as a result of anxiety. And I share some tips there. So if that's a big one for you, go and listen to that. Of course, um, heart palpitations, any kind of heart and chest sensations that make us worry about our heart or think we're having a heart attack. I have posts. I've done some recent posts on this. And... I do have a podcast episode all about this, so go and have a listen to that. But I I can tell you that my heart used to race 24-7. A racing heart and dizziness were, were just two of the symptoms that I had non-stop. And I'm, I'm honestly not being dramatic. I'd wake up in the morning, as I opened my eyes in the morning, my heart was racing. And it made me not even want to get out of bed. Because the minute I got up and started doing things, it only started to beat harder. So it was... A nightmare and if your heart is racing 24 7 but you're dealing with anxiety all the time it is very normal um i know that a racing heart just makes for me when my heart races it intensifies and magnifies every other symptom and i know how horrible this one is so have a listen to that podcast episode um finding ways to stimulate your vagus nerve can really help as well and i do share some tips on my instagram and in my a to z book i should actually mention that here um, I'm probably not going to touch on every single symptom in this episode. I'm just going to mention a few more. But that's the whole reason that I wrote my A to Z encyclopedia because I have included every symptom in there. So if I don't talk about your symptom in this episode and if you are dealing with constant symptoms, that are like constant new symptoms coming up and you 
want to stay away because you need to stay away from Google because trust me, well, as you know, Google does not help us. I wrote my A to Z book for anyone who suffers with health anxiety or just wants to learn more about the anxiety without going into major panic. I share tips in there. I share things that have helped me. I share every single symptom. I share some personal experiences. I've really tried to cram as much as I can into that book. It's an ebook right now. I know I've had so many questions from you guys asking me when is the physical copy coming out and I can tell you that it's being worked on as, as I'm speaking to you right now. Um, it's obviously taken a lot longer than I had anticipated but it is something that's being worked on and as soon as it's ready I will let you guys know and I really appreciate you being patient with me. I've also had a lot of questions about like if it's going to be available in other places like Australia and that um, because right now my books are not available in certain countries but I I'm working on it so I just I just want to let you know that I am working on it and that the physical book is going to be ready I'm so soon I hope <laughs> so soon I'm honestly just scrolling through my Instagram right now <laughs> and looking at my health anxiety posts to see what like I can talk about in here with you so obviously another big one is when you suffer with health anxiety there's certain things like showering that's really difficult to do, which sounds incredibly strange to someone who, I don't know, loves to take showers. And I enjoy showering now. It used to be a nightmare for me, though. Um, anything that where we're forced to confront our bodies, um, where, where we just like mirrors, showering, getting changed. If you're one who's constantly look like feeling your body for lumps and bumps and checking your lymph nodes and checking your moles and worrying about like random rashes and pimples and like all those normal things that we we get on our bodies then showering or changing or being in front of a mirror or anything like that even summertime and like wearing shorts and and like less clothing that can be a huge trigger because we're trying to avoid our body and this is forcing us to confront it so i just want you to know that if any of these any of these things are really difficult for you I don't want you to be hard on yourself about it or feel weird or feel like a freak or an outcast or anything because I promise you that so many of us feel the same way. And remember, a lot of people don't want to comment on the post because they're embarrassed about certain things. So I get a lot of messages like in my inbox. Sometimes I'll put a post up and instead of commenting, somebody will rather come and send me a message about it because they feel more comfortable to do that. And please know that you can do that. I may not be able to respond to everybody, but think of it as just a place where you can leave whatever you need to with no judgment it's not going to be shared with anyone else so sometimes people come in there and they they leave things there because they feel more comfortable to do that so sometimes if you don't see the comments or, or you, you don't see it in front of you you start to think that you're alone but i'm telling you that i get so many people that message me about this so you're not alone if any of this resonates with you so of course, like I said, fear is not logical. Health anxiety can make us do some really strange things. I've done posts on that a few times. Um, I used to, I used to do the weirdest things. I used to just randomly like pick up pots and stuff in the kitchen, <laughs> like anything that was heavy, like a heavy like pan or something, um, just to make sure that I could could grip it, like because I was so worried about having like a degenerative disease or whatever, and I would be like. Oh, I have to make sure that I can actually pick this up. Um, the other day, actually, so because, you know, we're on our phones so much and I'm often, I'm right-handed, so I'm often just, you know, holding my phone with my right hand and scrolling and whatever, and I'm on my phone a lot. And it's not because I'm just sitting there scrolling and stuff. Most of the time I'm sitting there and I'm like chatting to you guys and I'm thinking of ideas and I'm in my notepad and I'm like writing things. I'm on my phone a lot doing things like that. And obviously... When you're doing the same thing over and over again with your hand, you're going to cause a lot of tension in there. So sometimes I get, you can actually Google it, I've Googled it before, um, it's called text claw, like your hand goes into kind of like a spasm, I don't know if you guys have ever experienced that, but it feels like your hand just becomes really stiff and it feels like, it feels kind of numb and like really weird to use. And it happened to me just the other day because I'm always using my right hand. And I had that like fleeting moment of panic. Oh my God, what's happening? But it's happened to me on and off many times, especially when I'm like on my phone extra. Um, but I just, it, it just reminds me again of like how we just 
that fear comes in and it just takes over and we start to panic and then it just reminded me of that time when i used to pick up things to like make sure that i could grip them um it really muscle twitching and, and worrying about a degenerative disease was a massive massive fear of mine um but yeah i can i can let you know that muscle twitching is a very common anxiety symptom i could not believe how many people deal with it um you can get widespread muscle twitching over your whole body from anxiety of course the more we focus on it um, a magnesium deficiency can can actually contribute as well i t i take magnesium every single day um, i'll always i always include the link in the caption if you want to learn more about that lack of sleep caffeine all these things can contribute to muscle twitching especially like eye twitching and any other symptom caffeine alcohol lack of sleep processed foods anything that we know isn't really good for us can can really create internal inflammation and intensify any of the symptoms and then of course there's the stroke fears i know a lot of you guys have that i would always be checking my face in the mirror because anxiety can cause a lot of tingling numbness um, I describe it as kind of buzzing sensations and the minute I would feel that crawling tingly sensation over my scalp or like the numbness in my face because sometimes I would get it just on the one side so I would run to the mirror and be checking my face for signs of drooping and checking my eyes and worrying that one eye is bigger than the other eye and that my mouth is weird or I know a lot of people actually and I, I haven't really had this one but I know a lot of people deal with um, worrying about the size of their pupils as well so maybe that's relatable for you if that's one for you i can tell you that a lot of people struggle with that one too so i would always be looking in the mirror worrying that i was having a stroke i would be checking my lips to see if they were blue if i was getting enough oxygen if i was short of breath or if i had eaten a different kind of food it is endless and like you guys know we could go on and on and on so i think i'm going to end this here because we almost at an hour um, I honestly, I could go on on this so many things, so many different symptoms, so many health anxiety triggers that we could still talk about. So maybe I need to do a bunch of these just kind of casual, we can call them just casual health anxiety chats or something like that, where I can just touch on different things. I can, cause I have so many more stories to share with you. So many more experiences that I've dealt with health anxiety. Um, so many more like of of your big triggers that we talk about in the community community all the time so i definitely can do more of these one thing that i didn't really touch on here was lymph nodes because i know that that is a massive trigger in our community um i'm thinking of doing a separate episode maybe just on that or if you guys enjoy this i i really love you like I, I cannot speak i swear and i and i purposely don't want to re-record so i just keep going um i love yes i love you guys of course uh but i love hearing from you getting your feedback it really does help me because i always want to create things that are going to help you i don't want to just sit here and be talking about myself and it's not helping you i want to know yes tamron we want you to talk about this because this is going to help us so if you found this episode helpful, please, if, if you can, let me know. Like, send me a message on, on Instagram. Um, I, I do check there as often as, I, as I'm able to. Um, but I really would like to know if you enjoyed this and if I should keep talking about, like, if I should do, like, a series on health anxiety. I know that it feels like you're living in hell. I know that it feels like you're never going to experience life any other way than how you're experiencing it right now. I know that you're tired, that you're fed up. Sometimes we're so tired of being scared that we're just like, you know what, I, I, whatever, I don't care what happens. Like We, we get to that point. Um, I just want you to know that I was you. I was seriously you. And I was you for many years. And I didn't think that I would ever be here i i would never have thought that i would be here talking to all of you guys and sharing my story i would have laughed i would have thought it's an absolute joke a very nice dream but not a realistic one that's that's how i would have looked at it so i will continue talking about these things i will continue doing my very best to validate you and your experiences and i will try to reassure you and bring you comfort as often as i can 
I love, like I said, I love hearing from you guys. I want to know what you want me to talk about. I want to know what you need help with. So if you enjoyed this, please do let me know. And I'm sending you so much love. I'm sending you all the love in the world. If you heard that, that's my stomach growling. I need to go have lunch. It's already, it's Monday. I'm hoping to have this to you guys tonight. It's 3.42 and I ended up rambling on for a lot longer than I thought I was going to. So I haven't even had lunch yet. So I'm going to go eat something. I am sending you big hugs. You guys are amazing. You are not going to feel this way forever. No matter what your brain tells you, you are not going to feel this way forever. What do I always tell you guys? One day at a time. Don't think about tomorrow. We don't have to think about tomorrow. Why, why do we have to think? We can think about today and we'll worry about tomorrow tomorrow. Okay? I'll talk to you guys soon. Have a beautiful day, a beautiful evening, wherever you are in the world. I love you guys. Bye.